0: everyone what a powerful declaration we talked this morning didn't we about you know speaking things out you know surely love and mercy your peace and kindness will follow me it's a truth it's a truth and you can't get away from it (laughs) because it's a truth it's a choice whether we walk in the belief of that though Um, I know we've probably thrown you a little bit by bringing the word a bit early but we're gonna have a time of worship after the word so take your seats uh so I've come a bit layered up this morning, uh, tonight, after this morning, and now I'm like, it's like being in the Bahamas, I'm sweltering. So, <laughs> um, but good news for next Sunday morning, the heating is fixed, so we're going to be toasty warm. Um, the other day, uh, I was driving home from Naomi and Chris's house, who live in Stockton Heath, not going to give you a dress. Away, don't panic. Like we're not all coming over for supper later. Um, and I was driving back, and every time I drive back from Appleton or Stockton Heath or well, because we live in uh, Widness, you have to go across the Runcorn Bridge to get back. And so we came, went across the Runcorn Bridge to come out, and every single time this happens to me, I end up with it trying to take me over the old bridge, and I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? And when it first started happening to me, I drove around in circles for ages not knowing how to get off. And then one of the times I saw a landmark that... Oh, the old bridge is closed. And um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so you can't get over it. It's all blocked off and they're opening a new bridge. So... It keeps taking me to the old bridge, but you can't get on the old bridge. So I kept going round in circles. Once it took me 45 minutes to find my way to the new bridge and to have a sat-nav. Like, I've not always had a good track record with the sat-nav. But, um, so, I says to Barry in the car the other day, I said, do you know what, Barry? I said, it's really weird. I was like, I don't know what happens. I said, every time I come home from Stockton Heath or Grappenhall Hallway. Way, it sends me to the old bridge, which is blocked off, and then I don't know how to get on the new bridge, and I go round and round in circles. I said, but I found a landmark, and it's the cost of coffee. As long as, I've got the of, as, long as I do my big lap round, go round, as long as I get to the point where the cost of coffee is on my left side, then I know the bridge is up ahead. So Barry said to me, have you not un- updated your satin? So I was like, So I said, oh, I don't know, updates. And he said, yeah, he said, it should have been telling you that there's an update required. So I said, oh, yeah, I said it has said something at the beginning. I've not really read. I said, but it does say something about an update. So it, he said, well, when it says an update, what do you do? I said, well, i just click X. <laughs> Get rid of the notification. <laughs> See, you map a lot clearer. I said, because you've know, not got a big bar across the top. And, and he's like, but did you never think that if you pressed update, it would sort everything out? And it never even entered my head, right? So Barry's like, update the map, update, Vicky, update them up, update the map, update it now, because I have probably spent a fortune in petrol, <laughs> trying around in circles, trying my best to find out where the new bridge is. And I am about to switch microphones. By next week, guys, this should be sorted, one sec. There we go. Lee will sort this out now. So, as I'm sat updating my map, which now takes me across a new bridge, it's fantastic. As I updated the map, and I was sat there, and, and the words that Barry said to me was, Vicky, did you never think there was an update? And I thought that about my own spiritual life. That I'll get to a certain point, and I'll have grown to a certain point, And then I suddenly become frustrated and like things don't seem to be going right and things don't seem to be working right. And there's an update. There's an update of going deeper in God. There's an update in getting further into his word. There's an update in sitting in his presence longer. There's an update. And all that required for me to do was to press the button for the update. And now it's absolutely marvelous. And it's like the veil has been taken from my eyes and I can see the new bridge. But I wonder if some... A wandering round like I have done spiritually, when there's just an update button that needs to be pressed, that is gonna download all the new stuff that is needed, that's gonna God's gonna drop things into your spirit because suddenly, as you press the update button, you make yourself available to be directed and to be directed by God. We're carrying on with our series tonight, The Truth About, and there's a reason why. I've come in at the beginning of the worship, and that's because we're going to have worship later on after the word, because tonight I'm talking about worship, the truth about worship. All these topics that we're covering in this series – They are massive topics. We could probably do a four-week series on worship. Um, And so we're taking certain parts out of each topic that we're covering. You know, when God is saying to us, okay, this is the angle. This is is how I want you to speak. So when we speak on a topic, it's not the beginning and the end. It's not everything. But it's about an area that God is wanting to to highlight to us tonight. And, you know, sometimes um, worship is often so misunderstood. So misunderstood. It's so powerful yet so misunderstood. Because worship is nothing about us. All right? Absolutely nothing. It's nothing about the people up here. It's not about getting up here and making them feel great because they have got this gift and they've fulfilled a gift. And and it's not about that. And I love it because the hearts aren't like that. It's about an anthem of the heart. Worship is about an anthem of the heart. So when we get together and we sing, it's an anthem. It's the body of Christ coming together, and it's an anthem of our hearts where we decrease and he increases. And worship's often very misunderstood because it can sometimes look like, oh, this is what we just do at the beginning of the service. We sing a few songs. The praise is always the fast song. Here's the worship, because they always that comes after the fast one. Bob's your uncle, and we're done. And we go in and out of worship thinking it's a Sunday thing, thinking it's something that every church has to do because we must, I don't know, have like a, a like somebody in the government who makes sure we all worship in church and we've ticked that box because we always do worship at the beginning and we totally miss the power in worship yeah, right. because it's something that is so just yeah. easily accepted as something that we do in church. You see, worship is powerful. We do do fast songs, and we do do slow songs, and you 'll often hear this referred to as praise and worship. Praise is a declaration, praise is a declaration of who god is it 's the highest praise of who he is of of singing above our circumstances. God, you are great, God, you are amazing. Uh, you have the final say that you know that nothing 's holding me back even when you feel like something 's holding you back it 's a declaration, praise is a declaration, and worship is a time of it's time of abandonment where you're sat in the presence of God. Worship brings in the presence of God and you're sat yeah. and you are worshiping it. And, and you know sometimes in worship, when you're before him and you, you're just opening your heart, you can be weak yet strong. Yeah. You can cry but be peaceful. Yeah. You can be broken yet whole. Because in worship is the presence of God. And we may enter into worship a certain way. But as we begin to worship and the presence of God comes in, those things that have got such a tight grasp on us, it starts to release. The grip on our life begins to release. Because the presence of God changes everything. Everything your answer is in the presence of God. Your freedom is in the presence of God. And you can go in with anxiety. You can go in with the, the, the worst thing hanging over you. But the minute you begin to sit in the presence of God and you begin to worship him and you take your eyes off yourself and you put your eyes on him and you allow him to touch your heart, you allow him to bind up the hurt, you allow him to remove the things out of your life that need to be removed, the grasp of life disappears in the truth of his word and in the truth of his holiness and in the truth of his beauty and in the truth of who he is. You know, God doesn't make it all about him. God isn't, you know, sometimes people picture God just sat on this throne and God's not on a throne tonight going, come on, worship me. Come on, worship me you know, you're not going to make him any bigger than he already is. I am not going to make him greater than he already is. He is the almighty God. He is the great God. He is creator God. My worship isn't going to advance him or promote him, but it will promote him in my life. Worship will promote him in my life. It will advance him in my life. He does not need a promotion from us. He's creator God. The beginning and the end, the all-sufficient one. So he's not sat there going, come on, worship me, worship me. Oh, it's all about me. God doesn't need it to be all about him because the world is all about him. But we need it to be all about him. And in that, God isn't saying, you know, we were created to worship. We were created to worship we were created for his glory. That's what we were created for. And I remember being in church, and I was probably in my early 20s, and I'd sit in the worship, and I'd be like, and, and, and I wouldn't, because of what I might. We're having major technical, i told now to go for another microphone. In a minute. Right, we're gonna try this. Don't worry about it. Um, and I'd, I'd wanted something within me was bursting to come out. I would sit and I would watch other people worship, and something would be bursting to come out of me. And here's the reason why it was bursting to come out because it was created to do it. <laughs> I was created to worship him, but I was so focused on me. I remember thinking, oh, if I lift my hand in the air, like, what are people going to think of me? My mom's going to see me. What are people going to think of me? And, and it would be, I was so reserved. I'd be like, no, no. no. And I just remember one day, right, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I did this. Like, seriously, people are all going to be looking at me. And nobody was. Nobody was interested in what I was doing because they were busy worshipping God themselves. And there was a desire within me to worship and to express my worship, not just, I was worshiping, but there was a different level I needed to go in, and it was an expression of worship, it was within the body of people, this was an expression of joining, of worshiping together, and that was that, and then I remember when I had this, oh, I had this joy where I wanted to dance, and I'm like, like, I, I have no rhythm, so praise the Lord, all you have to do is jump, because like, if there was anything fancy going on at the front, not for me. But I had, and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, everybody's going to look at me. And I'll be honest, I don't care what anybody thinks of me now when I jump at the front. Um, I sometimes need an inhaler at the end of it. But because there is a joy within me, because I was created to praise and worship God. And when we praise and worship God, we trigger something supernatural. Something triggers in the supernatural. The one thing that we pray for is God to sort everything out for us when the action of praising triggers something in the supernatural and God doesn't make it all about him it says in Psalm 22 verse 3 but you are holy you who inhabit the praises of Israel another translation says you inhabit you live in the praises of people the praises of your people is where you live is where you dwell And it actions something. When we move from our eyes on us and we begin to declare his greatness, we move our eyes off us and onto him. And that's where he lives. He lives in the praises of his people. And so we connect. We connect on his level. And supernaturally, it triggers something. And everything changes. Everything changes. It releases the grip of what we are carrying. And it raises an anthem of our hearts. It raises something in us that has been put there and placed there because it was what we created to do. And the anthem of our heart rises as we begin to sit in his presence. And everything starts to fade away in his presence. You know, there's a reason why sometimes it is a battle to worship. Because when our praise shuts down, our hearts become stifled and our praise goes. And we find it hard to worship. And when we find it hard to worship, it takes us out the presence of God. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And in his presence, there's strength. And in his presence, there's power. So there's a reason why we find it difficult. Because the enemy wants to silence your song. The enemy wants to silence my song because of the power and that is in worship. The power, the supernatural thing that is triggered over my life and your life is the reason why the enemy wants to silence your song. And there's a reason why he wants to keep you away and keep me away from accessing the presence of God. And it's because the power that is there. We need to position ourselves in God's presence. It doesn't take long of being in his presence, like I said before, for the heaviness of the world to fade away. And the truth of who he is to shine through. The side of worship I want to talk about tonight is worship and warfare. If you are a Christian and you know Jesus, you'll know we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. At every point, the enemy wants to try and stop us advancing. He wants to bring doubt on us. He wants to bring persecution. He wants to bring um, oppression on us. And, And the enemy wants to stop advancing wants us to stop advancing. And tonight, I just want to touch briefly on worship and warfare. And the reason why we're having worship at the end is because we are going to start bringing down some walls in our lives. And we're going to do it through worship. Because tonight, the only thing I'm in it for is worship and warfare. Because I get mad when I see the enemy taking ground from people. I get mad. Many times in the past, I have... Rolled over when it's happened to me and thought, Why is this happening to me? Why is it happening to me? And then I know why it's happening to me. It's the enemy stopping me from advancing. And now I get mad and I worship, and I worship, and I worship, and I sit in the presence of God. And sometimes my worship is brokenness. Sometimes it is. And then others, I rise up and I'll march around my bedroom. And whether I'm crying or not, I will be singing at the top of my voice. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Because it is. (laughs) It is. And I get mad when the enemy builds walls up in people's lives. And I get mad when he takes ground from people. And so tonight, I'm in it for worship and warfare. I don't know what you're like over your life. But for me, I'm in it for worship and warfare. Because I'm not going to let the enemy take any more days of my life. And the one thing when we're in a battle, when we're, in, when we're feeling oppressed, when we're feeling negative, when the, the, the last thing you probably want to do is worship. That's probably not for everybody. Maybe you can relate to it because it's how you used to feel in the past. But for some in here, the last thing you want to do. But I tell you, the very thing you need to do is worship. The very thing you need to do is worship. Because when you worship, you trigger something supernatural. And that's where everything changes. Everything changes. I will walk out of worshiping God wherever that is. Be it collectively, be it privately. Because worship isn't just about a Sunday. Okay, let me just say that on a Sunday, we are collectively worshiping. There's a power in that. And we need to take the ad- advantage of the opportunity to worship together. Right. Yeah, to worship together. But there's times I will walk out of just singing to God. I was singing in the car the other day. Now my go-to place, and this is what I want the outcome of tonight to be, is that if you need to change your go-to place, because your go-to place is panic, your go-to place is an addiction, your go-to place is music, that your go-to place would be worship. That's what I want tonight, is that we change things, and the go-to place is worship. So I can come out of singing a song. It can be when I'm not always locked away in my bedroom, you know, like, "Ah, it is, well... Sometimes I'll be at the kitchen sink and I'll just be singing. Like, there's a song we're going to sing later. The last few days, like, Barry's like, Vicky, what is this song? I keep hearing it all the time because I'm just singing it. Sometimes I'm just singing it quietly over myself because my go-to place has got to be worship. It's got to be worship. And um, it doesn't mean I come out of that place and everything's changed, but everything has changed because I've triggered something supernatural Supernatural. And the grasp and the grip that that thing had on me before I walked into the presence of God and I sat before my maker. Wow. Before my maker. Before my God. Before my father. Before my friend. The very thing that gripped me doesn't grip me anymore. Because everything's changed. And when the fear strikes me again, my go-to place is I worship. The last few days has this been this song we're going to sing later. I just worship. I start to sing it wherever I am. I just worship because that's when the grip is loosened from you and what has held you so tightly actually fades away in the presence of God. I just want to look at a passage of scripture which will explain to you more the warfare side. Warfare means an engagement in or the activities involved in war or conflict. So we're talking about a spiritual war and a spiritual conflict that's going on. That's what we're talking about tonight. And we're going to pick the story up in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 20. Now, this is about uh, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. Um, And uh, he, basically, there are, he's got enemies. His armies have got enemies. They're closing in. They are planning an attack. These guys are going to be overpowered. God's given them a word. That's the backdrop to it. Okay, so we're going to pick it up in verse 20. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. And you will be able to stand firm. If you believe in the Lord your God, you are able to stand firm. You are able to stand firm, okay? All you need is to believe. Once you believe, you are able to stand firm. If you feel like you're not standing firm, I would ask myself why. Why am I not standing firm? Is it because I'm not positioning myself well? Because I know I believe in God. You might be like, no, I know I believe in God. So why am I not able to stand firm? Why am I blown around whenever a circumstance comes? Why is that? Because it says if you believe in God, you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. The king did not appoint soldiers. He appointed singers. I don't even know if they were tuneful singers. It really doesn't matter. Me and Barry had a little conversation the other day because we're in the car and I sang a wrong word. And he's like, and you talk about me singing wrong words in church. I'm like, Barry, you've got a giant screen with the words on love. I was like, I'm just singing in the car, you know, but, but it's, he's, in the, he's in the presence of God. Okay. And that's all right because his heart is for the Lord. And so this is okay. So I don't even know if they were tuneful singers. So if you sat there thinking, well, that's great. I can't sing. It really doesn't matter because it's the heart that God sees. We're totally unplugged now. (laughs) So he didn't send soldiers ahead of the army, he sent singers singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. So they have got enemies all around. These enemies are are determined to bring them down. And the king goes, Oh, stop. We're going to send the singers in first. (laughs) Could you imagine? We're going to send the singers in first and I'll tell you something I bet there were a fair few trying to get in that little group at the front of singers because we all like to have a little sing. And, and so there they are and the sing- they must have been like, ah, oh, we've been chosen. Off go the singers ahead of the army. The key thing is that they were singing to the Lord and basically declaring his greatness. That was what was going to change everything. The soldiers and all the armor and all the, the what's your have like? weapons, there, there, the things, weapons, really, what it's saying is they're not going to change a thing, see, they needed the singers up front, because the singers were going to um, declare his greatness, and praising him for his holy splendor, praising him for his holy splendor, is thanking him, thank you, God, you are holy, thank you, God, for your greatness, thank you, God, for your faithfulness, that, despite what was going on around them, they were praising him for his holy splendor, they were thanking him, they were thanking him, a heart of thanksgiving. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Amen. They did not sing. His faithful love is around when there's no enemies. Yeah, yeah. They sang. His faithful love endures forever. Because they knew the truth of who God was. Right. And, and they had to sing above their circumstances. They had to sing above the negative reports. Because they knew that they were coming for them. Yeah. They had to sing above all of that. And the singers had to go first because his praise is our battle cry. His praise is our battle cry. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves because something was triggered in the supernatural it changed everything. And those enemies they had that were closing in on them and closing in on them and closing in on them, all they needed to do was trigger something by praising God. And God was going to sort it all out. And basically they began to destroy them, destroy each other. The ones that had been allies, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of the scriptures, aren't I? I'm going to read the scriptures. Like I always say, God speaks better than me. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. When I read that, I just felt the words, it is finished, being said, it is finished. You see, all those people that were allies and were all seemed to be working together and it seemed like there was a multitude against them and God's got it all in hand. He didn't ask Jehoshaphat to sort it all out. He just asked Jehoshaphat, stick the singers up front and get them to praise. And then all the people that were against them all turned on each other. Yeah. Because the only thing that bound them together was bitterness and, yeah. and hatefulness. And, and, and that can't bind anybody. Eventually, that has to turn. It has to turn when we trigger something supernatural. Right. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. So God didn't just kill their enemy. He then blessed them abundantly. Blessed them abundantly. He gave them so much stuff. It took them days to gather it all up. Days and days to gather up the blessings of God as if. Killing their enemies weren't enough. And it says not one enemy escaped. So they didn't need to look over the shoulder anymore. Not one enemy escaped because my God doesn't miss a thing. He doesn't miss a thing. And they were blessed abundantly. I love this. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Triggering the supernatural will give you the supernatural. When I trigger the supernatural, it gives me the supernatural. It won't make any sense. Because what happens is when I have a crisis and I've been hurt, I've got financial pressure, what happens is if I don't trigger the supernatural, my natural is triggered. Me is triggered. So then I start to stress, so then I start to panic, so then I'll speak negative, so then I'll, I'll, I'll cry with no hope and I'll become miserable and I'll become angry and I'll, uh, something in me will begin to turn sour because what is triggered is my flesh. Whereas when I worship God, I trigger the supernatural because I enter the presence of God and I I, I enter where he lives. He inhabits my praises. And when I'm there, he's a holy God and he's a good God and he's a righteous God. And if I don't choose to position myself to trigger the supernatural, if I don't choose to do that, I'm choosing to stay in my flesh. And of choosing to be dominated and dictated to by the flesh, And, and that's not what Jesus came for. Jesus came that we would have life, a life in all its fullness. Jesus came that we would know peace. Jesus came that we would know freedom. And so, the place that gives that is His presence. But we choose where we place ourselves. We would choose where we position ourselves. Then all the men returned, so they've been in the Valley of Blessing, which today is still called the Valley of Blessing. If I ever get over there, I'm going to the Valley of Blessing. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets. And they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. Because here's the thing, right? God can do an amazing miracle for us, and occasionally we'll give ourselves a pat on the back for it. I've done it so much. And it's like we, we trigger the supernatural, we get in the presence of God, and then afterwards we forget to thank him. And the place they were going was church. Thank you, Tony. That's where they went. They went to the temple. They went together to, as a community, praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. You don't have to worry. You, I don't have to worry. And I'm speaking to myself now. I don't have to worry what anybody else's agenda is, because the people will see what God has done for me. And and like in Daniel, when God shut the mouths of the lions, he'll do it for me. Those people that want to cause me harm, those circumstances that want to cause me harm, I have learned to allow it to pass me by. I've learned to let it go. Does it hurt sometimes? Of course it does. Sometimes does it trigger something in me? Of course it does. But I have to quickly flip and I have to go, no, Vicky, your go-to place is to worship the Lord. Your go to place is the presence of God. So they went to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side, every side, above and beyond. Worship and warfare. They were in a war. They were in a battle. There was people after their lives. But they sent the singers in first because they were going to go in with the praise of God on their lips. They were going to go into battle with the praise of God on their lips because then, at that point, everything was going to change. And I've condensed my word a lot tonight because I want to give time to worship because I believe in this place tonight there are some and you need to trigger the supernatural you need to take your eyes off what you're going through and you need to turn your eyes on Jesus and you need to start to make a battle cry Your battle cry is his praise. Your battle cry is his greatness. Your battle cry is the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, everything has to bow. Everything has to fall. Things will try and rival the name of Jesus, but it will never change the name of Jesus. So when things try to rival it and get your attention and get you moving in your flesh, the very thing you need to do is speak the name of Jesus. That's the very thing you need to do. You need to get into his presence. And in this place all week when I knew this is what I was talking on, and, and bless the worship team, they have this next song, they're they've like virtually had no time to (laughs) to learn it but I knew that there was gonna be breakthroughs in this place tonight and this song that we're gonna sing next is key you know there's some you need to trigger the supernatural some need to move in an expression of worship that you've never moved in before maybe that's lifting your hand maybe it's Mm. dancing Maybe it's singing. Maybe you've never opened your mouth before because you're worried the person next to you can hear what you're singing. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody else is paying any attention to you. I don't know what that expression is, but I feel that there's people in here tonight, and you is like a dam. You are there's a there's a blockage, and it's it's because you're so self conscious. You're self-conscious of how you look. But there is something in you bursting to get out in worship. Because you were created to do it. If I was to ask you a question tonight. Who's ever broke the speed limit? I'm genuinely asking you a question. So like the pastor's hands are up, you're okay. Anybody ever broken the speed limit, even by three miles an hour? this is it, this is it I'm not asking, have you broken it by your like gone 100 miles an hour, 3 miles an hour ever broken the speed limit put your hand up if you've never broken the speed limit yeah. yeah all the non-drivers said me here's the thing lifting your hand up it's a dead easy thing to do The reason why the enemy does not want you to raise your hands is because he's trying to silence your song, because he does not want you strong. That's a rhyme, I didn't even know. (laughs) He's trying to silence your song, because he wants you weak, because he wants you to stay as you are. He does not want you to advance. And something happens when I move from singing and I lift my arms to God. Something happens, a connection happens, and and it, 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 it advances me in some way. I can't just describe it. You have to experience it. You have to experience the presence of the God. Lifting your hands up is no big deal. So why are we so restricted in worship? Because the enemy is trying to silence our song. Some walls need coming down in this place and some battles need to be won and I want to tell you this you're going to come through it you're going to come through it I can tell you that because I've come through it and I've got the confidence in my God that when other things strike I'm going to come through it because my go-to place is the presence of God because I know when there is warfare I need worship I'm going to sing this beautiful, beautiful song it's so simple and then we're going to go into a time of worship There's a challenge out to all of us tonight. What is God saying to us right now? What battle cries do we need to sound up? What songs do we need to raise? What hands do we need to raise? What is it that God's calling us to do to trigger the supernatural? And he won't just fight your enemies. He's going to give you blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Jehoshaphat had already had a word from God but they needed to praise to trigger the supernatural.